Rethink Retail, the evolution of retail in today's connected world. Welcome to the Rethink Retail Show, your source for the most recent trends and innovations in commerce. Join host Julia Raymond, Global Director of Research at Valtech, a global digital agency focused on strategy and transformation in retail, as she explores the most recent trends and innovations in commerce. This episode of Rethink Retail, sponsored by Valtech, where experiences are engineered. Hello, today's episode of Rethink Retail features my guest Kyle Monk. Kyle joins us today from London, where he works as the head of insight and analytics at the British Retail Consortium, also known as the BRC. Kyle, will you start us off by telling us a bit about your background and what you do with the BRC? Sure. So I've worked in retail analytics for just over eight years now. Prior to working here, I've worked in policy research and worked for cross-border financial technology suppliers. So uh, with my move to BRC six months ago, I saw an opportunity to take advantage of you know, both skill sets. In previous roles, I primarily worked on market intelligence and sort of cross-border data reporting projects, but now I'm managing a team of economists and analysts, basically collecting the sort of key metrics that we use to measure the health of the uh, UK high street. That's wonderful. And I noticed that retail is the largest private sector employer in the UK. And there was a stat I saw that one in 10 people are working in the retail industry. So how do you see the industry evolving? You said you've been um, doing like analytics for eight years now. Yeah, so, so transformation in UK retail has been uh, substantial over the last five years. So there's been you know, a combination of, I imagine, what you've seen in the States. So disruptive new retailers entering the market, primarily in the digital space, and also the way that consumers shopping fundamentally changing as well. So online retail has definitely been a catalyst. So I think around 20% of all UK retail spend now happens online. And brands that began investing early in digital are thriving for the most part, despite the sort of negative headwinds that we've got through macro factors and British politics as well. And we've got a number of actual, you know, pure play digital retailers that are homegrown, like AO, ASOS and Boohoo, who have gone on to go from nothing essentially to become industry juggernauts in a very short space of time. Certainly. I guess the unfortunate sort of other side of that is the fact that a lot of retailers didn't plan early enough. And um, if you follow the British headlines at all, you'll see, you know, death of the high street retail Armageddon is a fairly popular headline. <laughs> we've had a lot of CBAs. We've had a lot of brands going to administration. And, you know, the stakes are a lot higher than they used to be. That consumer piece I was talking about, they're far more discerning than it used to be. There's expectations of next day delivery, of ethical supply chains, things that wouldn't even have sort of been in the popular consciousness even a few years ago are now expectations on behalf of the British shopper. Mm-hmm. Next day delivery, sustainability, really hot topics we're seeing as well at Rethink Retail. And you mentioned this number is pretty huge. 20% of retail sales in the UK are made online. Do you know if how that compares to the global statistic? Because it seems high. It varies. I mean, so in the US, I think you're higher. I don't know the US figure off the top of my head, but I think you're more like sort of 30, essentially edging up towards 40. But I mean, that varies by category, right? So mm-hmm. um, that's the headline, but we've got a very good supermarket food infrastructure in the UK, but supermarkets and food sales are only about 9% share of spend online, whereas things like electronics, as you can imagine, are closer to 50. And that's sort of the max that we see. And you can see that in the high street as well. You know, we had, I don't know if you're familiar, but Maplins are sort of, they were a brick and mortar electronic supplier and they went to administration last year just because you've got so much competition in that space you've got amazon from the states and you've, we've got our own sort of digital disruptors in that space as well definitely and is next day delivery something you're seeing more and more retailers uh providing in the uk is is the infrastructure and the landscape honestly is that set up for 
fast progression with delivery? We've got good infrastructure here in the UK. Uh, you know, living in London, we're fortunate to have it better than most. So we've got one hour delivery in the case of some retailers who are trialing that. Wow. Is that grocery or is that some retailers in apparel and things? It's a mixture, really. So, I mean, wow. lots of brands are trying different things. So Co-op, a big supermarket over here, are actually partnering with Deliveroo, who are food traditionally even a restaurant to consumer food delivery service. But they're using their courier infrastructure to get their sort of fresh food and produce from their convenience stores to customers and they're eating the delivery costs while they trial that to see how it works. So you're, you're seeing more of these sort of radical partnerships to help cut down the friction in the last mile. But yeah, Amazon really, to be honest, has been the main company that sort of put that expectation to consumers' minds um, as soon as they sort of started offering Prime. And, you know, in the UK, we've got a high Amazon usage. I think there's a stat somewhere like everyone in the UK has used Amazon at least once or something close to that. That is where the expectation come from. And now everyone's having to adapt. Definitely. I saw a stat for US, it was 80% of households. If you're just looking at the flat numbers, because some households have more than one Prime member, but 80% of households use Amazon Prime. So definitely seeing a lot of expectations changing because of them. Um, but how do you feel about, you mentioned like um, some of the groceries are partnering with Deliveroo and other services to expedite on their delivery capabilities. Do you think this is something that will continue where we see mostly partnerships or do you think they'll eventually either acquire or start offering delivery directly? I think brands have to understand their own strengths and weaknesses. So for some companies, they'll be able to build their own infrastructure and ship that. For others, it'll make more sense to partner with companies who are, are better in that space. And we've seen it particularly in the grocery market where things are a bit more competitive over here. Kyle, so you are the head of insight and analytics. So you're obviously well-versed in, in the data space. And as these retailers, as you said, become more experiential focused, are there new KPIs or data that retailers should be looking at? Or what are some of um, the opportunities? Absolutely. So I think a shift to being customer focused rather than being channel focused is absolutely crucial. So you know, not that long ago, brands would count returns from online off the profit of the store that it was being delivered to for some brands. Uh, I've definitely seen that in the field. So getting a single customer view and understanding the sort of lifetime value of a single customer, better understanding what touch points they have, because, you know, there's research that's been published that, you know, each physical store has a halo effect on online sales. I did some work a while ago with a brand that remained nameless, but they opened this, not a pop-up, but not far off it, within vicinity of three or four department stores. And their product actually starts sold, I think, something like not only more, 30% more in department stores, but 50% more within a four-mile radius of that store opening. So understanding how those kind of channels or those kind of deployments affect sales uh, across all channels is definitely crucial. Yes, and it's essentially crucial for like ASOS and some of these other brands who were direct-to-consumer and you know the ones that are now opening physical stores to understand the halo effect and I think that's definitely a place that might take some time if they're traditionally digital. Absolutely. And I, what we're seeing as well is, um, particularly in London and particularly due to, I'm not sure if you're familiar with business rates, but um, we have a, a slightly antiquated tax system where retail, I think, is 5% of GDP, something like that. But we pay 25% of business rates, which is a, a tax which primarily affects physical retail. So what we've seen is some pure play, but also traditional retailers are opening pop-ups to sort of test different concepts. So MS, Marks and Spencers opened a pop-up at Soho. They didn't tell anyone about it or, or brand as Marks and Spencers. It's called like Tom and Martin, something along those lines. And they tested consumer engagement with their products that weren't actually labeled MS. 
So it was sort of part market research, part sort of new product launch, but that spend came out of their sort of OPEX, their operational expenditure, as opposed to their capital expenditure, which is normally how physical retail is sort of planned and deployed. So that's an interesting development we've definitely seen more of in the last few years. Certainly. And that's probably something a lot of UK retailers are more interested in because of that tax setup. Is that correct? It's a huge cost. Uh, I used to do some work for the retailers in the West End of London, and you know they paid hundreds of millions as a collective of stores, which is more tax than most online retailers, probably all the purely online retailers pay combined. So it's something we're looking to address. And if the government weren't preoccupied with other things, uh, we might be getting a bit more traction. <laughs> but right. uh, yeah, it's hard to move the dial on that at the moment. Definitely. And as we talk about tariffs and taxes, we have to bring up the elephant in the room, which is the Brexit. Because I, I read something that was pretty staggering where economists have predicted that the no-deal hard Brexit could potentially cost retailers upwards towards $7.8 billion in tariffs. And that's huge. And I know you have a good finger on the pulse here. So I wanted to get your take. Yes. So I, I believe the economist who actually came out with that prediction used to work here. So yeah, it, it's definitely something that's very close. We're very close to and that our members are incredibly concerned about. So I mean, to put it in perspective, I think there's something like 5,600 tariff lines that the UK would have to renegotiate should, you know, or, or revalue should a no deal Brexit happen. There's been some talk where they've essentially gone to the WTO and said, you know what, we'd like to keep what we've got currently with the European sort of standards, should we leave? It's taken a lot of time and, and a lot of effort, but we've just about got consensus from everyone that, and even the hardline leave campaigners that a no deal would be pretty disastrous. So we, I think we've sort of parked that as a possibility. The new government's moving towards a deal, but I mean, I mean the, the costs, particularly to food, would be staggering. I mean, we are net importer. I think we import something ridiculous, like 70% of our fresh food. So, you know, consumers would have a dramatic decrease in choice those tariffs would be passed through downstream mm. into higher prices for consumers which you know would then have knock-on effects like retailers potentially having to sort of assess which chains of theirs or which branches they kept open and, and you know traditionally when that happens it's the sort of the stores and the poor areas that, that get hit first so there's a a huge chain of events that would be unleashed should that happen uh, which i'm hoping touch wood that we've managed to circumnavigate with that could yeah that could be last weekend disastrous really because the food retail is the largest portion of retail revenues obviously we all have to eat so um yeah that would be a big hit and is this i'm assuming this is all over the news and consumer confidence is lower is that something that that you guys track we use the gfk consumer confidence index because one of the longest standing here in the uk and probably one of the most robust and it tracks monthly sentiment. It asks a series of questions around, you know, how do you feel about your personal financial situation? How do you feel about the country's economic situation? And what's really interesting is that actually, when people are asked about their personal financial situation over the next 12 months, overall things are positive. It's a plus four, which is roughly in line where we were in September last year, which is hmm. given you know, what we've seen quite surprising, but when you ask them how they think the economy will perform, it's minus 35, which is 10 points below where it was this time last year. So that gap, I think, is quite telling of perhaps how we got to where we are now. People, you know, know that the economy is suffering. They know that things are worse due to the uncertainty that we've experienced over the last three years and, and the general political gridlock, but somehow they don't connect that and Brexit with their personal finances. So, And that's really interesting because sometimes it will 
go the opposite and then you have a recession, right? Where people aren't spending their money. Exactly. I mean, we, we have seen sales decline. So although things are, are positive, you know, we've seen online sales slow to single digits, whereas historically for the last few years, it's, we've seen double digit growth and overall, particularly foods. I mean, food sales are okay. Non-food, fashion, et cetera, homeware is not so good. We've had sort of six months to eight months of falling sales and one of the worst Junes on record despite good weather and all the other factors that generally make for a good month. So, you know, although consumers seem neutral-ish about their personal finances, we have seen sales decline over the last period. So consumers are, are pretty neutral, but the, there's not the same growth or rate of growth that you've seen in previous few years. No. Well, turning to a more positive note, what is something as you look into 2020 and the next five years even that you're most excited about in the retail industry? So, I mean, there's a lot of good news uh, in the UK retail industry, despite all the doom and gloom. There's a lot of brands doing incredibly well. We've seen a lot of, you know, innovation within the industry. I think changes that we've seen and the, the brands going to administration, uh, as bad as that is, there are brands coming up to replace them. And we're seeing resurgence as well in, in sort of ethics in retail, which I personally find very reassuring given the sort of wider conversations being had at the moment about the environment and climate mm -hmm. change. And, you know, equally the protests we're seeing in London, sustainability is, is on the agenda. And actually a lot of retailers are sort of rising to the challenge and, and you know, developing product ranges that essentially cater to those views and, and have less of an impact on the environment. So I think a continuation of that is, is definitely one of my things I'm most excited about. I think there's a lot of, I guess, headroom in the UK retail industry, there's a lot of innovations that brands, a lot of brands are trying to find out what the next big thing is. So, you know, there's a lot of buzzwords out there, blockchain, AI, AR, et cetera. So brands are, are quite rapidly testing all those different technologies to see you know, which ones stick and which ones don't. I think they recognize that they need to invest to survive. So that ultimately ends up with better experiences for consumers. Absolutely. Sustainability and innovation, two topics that you touched on, being excited about for the future. And I think we all are. So it was great, Kyle, to have you on the show. Really interesting insights. Love hearing about the UK market specifically with all the change going on. And I hope to have you on the show again sometime. Thanks for having me. Thanks. You've been listening to Rethink Retail. For all the latest news on commerce and trends, join the discussion, rethink.industries.com 